Welcome to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio.
Praise the Lord. Praise all the servants of the Lord. Praise the name. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and evermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets down, the name of the Lord is to be praised, is to be praised, is to
things such as we have never known. When the angels sing the praises of the Lamb upon the throne, their sweet hearts are ever tuneful and their voices always clear. Oh, that we might be more like them while we serve the Master stand and listen for they cannot join that song like the sound of many waters by that happy blood washed throng for they sing about great trials battles fought and victories won and they praise their great redeemer who hath said to them well So although I'm not an angel, yet I know that over there I will join a blessed chorus that the angels cannot share I will sing about my Savior who upon dark Calvary Freely pardoned my transgressions, died to set a sinner free This is Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.
and my arms are tired and my heart is full when I can't see promises I know to be true when my fear is near and my God is far then the spirit calls me to lift my gaze don't give up today God has never left me you my savior say I'm with you all along if I hold on tight keep my focus right I can follow anywhere I know When the darkness falls and the walls press in, when my greatest enemy arrives from within, when I can't express and I can't explain. Cast my soul to my Lord's embrace Don't give up today God has never left me Hear my Savior say I'm with you all along If I hold on tight Keep my focus right I can follow anywhere I know I know my God is strong. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea. Then the Spirit calls me to lift my gaze. Don't give up today. Savior say I'm with you all along if I hold on tight keep my focus right I can follow anywhere I know my God is strong I know my God is strong I sought the Lord and he heard me deliver me from all my fears
Listening to Songs of Praise. I awoke with health this morning, saw God's beauty everywhere. Heard the songbirds sweetly singing, deeply breathe of God's good air. Saw the happy smiling faces of the loved ones I adore. And all I could say was thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for His mercy, thank the Lord for His love, for a life worth the living and a home above. 
above for his spirit that helps us to live in accord thank the lord thank the lord thank the lord where would i be if it wasn't for jesus so little of life without him can afford though i'm poor in this world i am rich in his blessings and a rich man can say thank the lord thank the lord for his mercy thank the lord for his love for a life worth the living and a home up above for his spirit that helps us to live in accord thank the lord thank the lord thank the lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord the doubtful winds of sorrow I become a constant guide Looking for the answer Not knowing the reason why The raging water's flowing In a sea with no song But a resting place I found In Jesus alone Of no one else on earth could I sing this song. Peaceful waters flow from God's eternal throne, and a resting place I found in Jesus Today, the hope of a peaceful hour just seems to slip away. The night never ending and darkness is so long, but a resting place I found in Jesus alone. Of no one else on earth could I sing this song. Peaceful waters flow from God's eternal throne, and a resting place I found in Jesus alone. Though family, friends, and others they try to calm my soul no comfort can be given in this world below the only peace i find comes from my final home and a resting place i found in jesus alone. 
thus I surrender all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures all forsaken, take me, Jesus, take me now. surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender now. I feel the sacred flame. Oh, the joy of full salvation. Glory, glory to his name. I surrender Savior, I surrender all. When I said that I would follow, it was with an honest heart. But I did not fully understand the cause For there are saints throughout the ages And there are those today Who show us what it really means To carry the cross But that only fuels my devotion be a reason to lose this confidence for I have learned where my assurance lies it is not in my own power but in whom 
my Savior is. And the truth of this conviction makes me shout to the sky. Yes, I believe, I believe with all that's in me. Yes, I believe though the world rises up against me. choice I have made. I am determined. I will not be ashamed to live so the whole world can see. I believe. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him that day and together we say yes I believe I believe with all that's in me yes I believe though the world rises up against me I will be faithful to the choice I Listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's Songs of Praise.
I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. been listening to Songs of Praise, a production of 3ABN Australia Radio. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet and positive relationships with other people to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. In this book, Alan White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, Ministry Healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Alan White. Continuing Chapter 37, The False and the True in Education. By fostering love for mere amusement of the reading of fiction creates a distaste for life's practical duties. Through its exciting, intoxicating power, it is not infrequently a cause of both mental and physical disease. Many a miserable neglected home, many a lifelong invalid, many an inmate of the insane asylum has become such through the habit of novel reading. It is often urged that in order to win the youth from sensational or worthless literature, we should supply them with a better class of fiction. This is like trying to cure the drunkard by giving him in the place of whiskey or brandy the milder intoxicants such as wine, beer or cider. The use of these would continually foster the appetite for stronger stimulants. The only safety for the inebriate and the only safeguard for the temperate man is total abstinence. For the lover of fiction, the same rule holds true. Total abstinence is his only safety. Subheading Myths and Fairy Tales In the education of children and youth, fairy tales, myths and fictitious stories are now given a large place. Books of this character are used in the schools and they are to be found in many homes. How can Christian parents permit their children to use books so filled with falsehood? 
When the children ask the meaning of stories so contrary to the teaching of their parents, the answer is that the stories are not true. But this does not do away with the evil results of their use. The ideas presented in these books mislead the children. They impart false views of life and beget and foster a desire for the unreal. The widespread use of such books at this time is one of the cunning devices of Satan. He is seeking to divert the minds of the old and young from the great work of character building. He means that our children and youth shall be swept away by the soul-destroying deceptions with which he is filling the world. Therefore, he seeks to divert their minds from the Word of God and thus pervert them from obtaining a knowledge of those truths that would be their safeguard. Never should books containing a perversion of truth be placed in the hands of children or youth. Let not our children, in the very process of obtaining an education, receive ideas that will prove to be seeds of sin. If those with mature minds had nothing to do with such books, they would themselves be far safer. Their example and influence on the right side would make it far less difficult to guard the youth from temptation. We have an abundance of that which is real and that which is divine. Those who thirst for knowledge need not go to the polluted fountains. The Lord says, Bow down your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to you this day, yes, even you, have I not written excellent things in counsels and knowledge, that I might make you know the certainty of the words of truth, that you mightest answer the words of truth to them that send to you? He established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commandeth our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God. The blessing of the Lord it makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Proverbs 22, verses 17 to 21. Psalms 78, verses 5, 4, 6 and 7. And then Proverbs 10, verse 22. Subheading, Christ's Teaching. So also Christ presented the principles of truth in the gospel. In his teaching we may drink of the pure streams that flow from the throne of God. Christ would have imparted to men knowledge that would have surpassed any previous disclosures and put in the background every other discovery. He could have unlocked mystery after mystery and could have concentrated around these wonderful revelations, the active 
earnest thought of successive generations till the close of time. And he would not spare a moment from teaching the science of salvation. His time, his faculties and his life were appreciated and used only as the means of working out the salvation of the souls of men. He had come to seek and to save that which was lost and he would not be turned from his purpose. He allowed nothing to divert him. Christ imparted only that knowledge which could be utilised. His instruction of the people was confined to the needs of their own condition in practical life, the curiosity that led them to come to him with prying questions. He did not gratify. All such questionings he made the occasion for solemn, earnest, vital appeals. To those who were so eager to pluck from the tree of knowledge, he offered the fruit of the tree of life. They found every avenue closed except the way that leads to God. Every fountain was sealed, save the fountain of eternal life. Our Saviour did not encourage any to attend the rabbinical schools of his day for the reason that their minds would be corrupted with the continually repeated they say or it has been said why then should we accept the unstable words of men as exalted wisdom, when a greater, a certain wisdom, is at our command? That which I have seen of eternal things, and that which I have seen of the weaknesses of humanity, has deeply impressed my mind and influenced my life work. I see nothing wherein man should be praised or glorified. I see no reason why the opinions of worldly wise men and so-called great men should be trusted in and exalted. How can those who are destitute of divine enlightenment have correct ideas of God's plans and ways? They either deny him altogether and ignore his existence, or they circumscribe his power by their own finite conceptions. Let us choose to be taught by him who created the heavens and the earth, by him who set the stars in their order, in the firmament, and appointed the sun and the moon to do their work. It is right for the youth to feel that they must reach the highest development of their mental powers. We would not restrict the education to which God has set no limit, but our attainments avail nothing, if not put to use for the honour of our God and the good of humanity. It is not well to crowd the mind with studies that require intense application, but that are not brought into use in practical life. Such an education will be a loss to the student, for these studies lessen his desire and inclination for the studies that would fit him for usefulness and enable him to fulfil his responsibilities. A practical training is worth far more than any amount of mere theorising. It is not enough even to have knowledge. We must have the ability to use the knowledge aright. The time, means and study that so many expend for a comparatively useless education should be devoted to gaining an education 
that would make them practical men and women, fitted to bear life's responsibilities. Such an education would be of the highest value. What we need is knowledge that will strengthen mind and soul, that will make us better men and women. Heart education of far more importance than mere book learning. It is well, even essential, to have a knowledge of the world in which we live. But if we leave eternity out of our reckoning, we shall make a failure from which we can never recover. A student may devote all his powers to acquiring knowledge, but unless he has a knowledge of God, unless he obeys the laws that govern his own being, he will destroy himself. By wrong habits, he loses the power of self-appreciation. He loses self-control. He cannot reason correctly about matters that concern him most deeply. He is reckless and irrational in his treatment of mind and body. Through his neglect to cultivate right principles, he is ruined both for this world and for the world to come. If the youth understood their own weakness, they would find in God their strength. If they seek to be taught by him, they will become wise in his wisdom and their lives will be fruitful of blessing to the world. But if they give up their minds to mere worldly and speculative study and thus separate from God, they will lose all that enriches life. End of chapter 37. To be continued. Join us again next time when Rosalie Rickards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing. Here on your station, 3ABN Australia Radio. We hope you enjoy the short presentation of how God led His people after the Reformation from lineagejourney.com. America as a nation was sought after initially by those fleeing religious persecution in Europe. Yet upon arriving in the New World, many people slipped into religious lethargy as the pressures and opportunities of the New World enveloped their lives. In the 17 and 1800s, two revivals would take place known as the Great Awakening. An integral individual in the first Great Awakening was George Whitfield. George Whitfield attended Oxford University and was a member of the Holy Club along with John and Charles Wesley that sought to lead practical and spiritual revival in their lives and communities. Upon graduating, he didn't settle in a church but became a popular outdoor itinerant preacher and traveled to America eight times during his life. He died here in America and is buried here in this church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. In the 1740s, it's likely that apart from the King of England, George Whitfield was the most well-known Englishman in America. 
His captivating sermons thrilled large audiences all up and down the eastern seaboard and led to a revival amongst all denominations, in particular the Baptists. He is the first preacher who preached to the enslaved in the South, and this Great Awakening was the first time that African Americans had embraced Christianity in large numbers. This first Great Awakening led to a multiplication of churches and greater respect and cooperation between all denominations. Some say that this period had an impact on the changes America was soon to undergo. Some scholars argue that the evangelical movement of the 1740s played a key role in the development of democratic thought, as well as the belief in the free press and that information should be shared unbiased and uncontrolled. The American War of Independence and the Declaration of Independence would happen a few decades later. The Second Great Awakening began around 1800 and continued until the 1830s. One name that is associated with this revival at this time in America is Charles Finney. He brought the camp meeting to town and established a revival formula that became copied in many other churches at the time. This included praying for people in public by name, allowing women to testify and pray in public to mixed audiences, appointing a pew at the front of the church as the anxious bench, having a room where you could meet and pray with people, and the meetings would be protracted over several weeks in town. In small chapels all across the East Coast, and as well as in large cities, the revival took place. It was especially strong in the northeasterly states in America, and it marked a significant shift where it moved beyond the educated elite to those less educated and less wealthy. A byproduct of this revival were the other reform movements that it encouraged, such as the temperance movement, the abolition of slavery, and women's rights. Structures were being broken down and the gospel was spreading. God was using the ordained clergy and laymen alike to share the message and bring revival. This would pave the way for people to accept the messages that humble, often unlearned men and women would share in the years ahead. God has never been restricted academically, structurally, or by social class. He has used and he will continue to use humble servants to preach his message. Another revival will come to this world before the return of Jesus, a revival such as this world has never seen before. And God is looking for people, men and women, young and old, who will be willing to be used by him. For more episodes in the series, visit lineagejourney.com.